And also, I think mm. the biggest one probably for all of us would be like traveling because now Japan opened its borders. <laughs> so, <yay. laughs> so good autumn, news. Autumn. Japan is great for Japan. autumn, just saying. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so going to, you know, going to Japan, it, it makes it cheaper for us uh, in Sing dollars mm. right now. So like if you look at like just... Hey Coconuts, welcome back to another Chills with TFC episode. My name is Reggie, aka your Chief Financial Coconut. And once again, you know, I took over Andrew for today's show because guy's traveling, right? A lot of people traveling, okay, but he's traveling for work. That's a different discussion. All of you traveling, having fun, maybe you should consider Japan, right? Because the Japanese yen has collapsed. So all time low. I think 24 years or was it 42 years? You know, this has been decades low that the Japanese yen has come so yeah, so low, right? Such a crash. And I think the, the needed discussion is how does this thing happen, right? Like, how do currencies move? Does the government support the currency? How important is the central bank in this space? And for you and I living in Singapore where we make Sing dollar, we don't really interact with the yen. Is there any need for us to understand a little bit about the yen and try to see if there's an opportunity here? What is going to happen? And for a fun fact, if all of you don't yet know, the PBOC or China itself has announced that it may sweep up the yen. So yeah, a lot of interesting points today and I have a great friend on the show, new personality Lee Singh, right, from Zeta Labs. She's focused on G7 currency research and I think she has a great personality and has uh, helped me answer a lot of questions for all of you, right? So join me today, yeah, Andrew, faster come back. If not, no more show for you. <laughs> Welcome back to Chill Swift TFC. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. To begin with, uh, you could just introduce yourself a little bit more. What do you do? How do you end up in in what you do? Lah? Yeah, so hi, I'm Lee Singh. So I'm a FX strategist at Zeta Labs now. So a big part of what I do is uh, focusing on research and also creating FX strategies. I'm in strategies. So I started this journey, I think, back in school when I, I was first introduced to technical analysis in one of the modules in SMU. And then after that, I just got interested in it and I had an opportunity to explore a career in this field as well. Yeah, so that's mm. kind of how I end up uh, here today. And yeah, so I think that's in short what I do. <laughs> okay, so you're full-on TA, full-on technical analysis. Yes, uh, full-on okay, TA, okay. but we also what, what, provide uh, fundamental analysis as well, yeah. And all come from you, right? my team lah, so not all, just me. All, okay, not just you, okay. Yeah, so yeah, what, yeah. What, what's so interesting about TA for you? I think for me, TA, I just like the idea of how price can tell a story. So being able to look at price action and also predicting, you know, where it goes next. I like that challenge. So for me, I think that it's what makes TA interesting. And then being able to see, of course, a part of it is also following the news. But I think just on price action itself, being able to see how price reacted off a key level or being able to, of course, it's not going to be like 100% right, but just having that 
the idea of where price might be headed next. I think that, yeah, that for me, it's interesting. (laughs) To be really fair, I I mean, to be really honest, I haven't tracked it. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but, but you know, you know what, you know what people are saying in the in the amongst the the mass amongst the retail, right? Like TA is a little bit of a, you know, it's like a, a bit a bit not a bit inaccurate, lah. <laughs> just I don't know. Again, don't know <laughs> yeah, it's a bit inaccurate. What, what what do you have to say about that? Uh, I would say that of course not everything is accurate, but to some extent, I think prices still do respect the key level. So the more graphical obvious levels that if you look at the chart and you can see you know this is a key level that prices are gonna react off i think to some extent mm. prices still respect it okay, why 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 because that sounds very politically correct <laughs> so i want to know no no it's like, more why, of a psychological why, why factor i think uh, give, give us a little bit of that in what sense in what sense for, for example, like if like price is at a key support level, it's also dependent on like the bigger market picture, right? So like on your higher time frame, what's the direction like? But let's say, to put it very simply, if price is on a key, let's say key support level, that's when you previously, if you saw like a huge reaction of this, it represents that buyers are coming into the market. That's this price which, you know, sellers are not willing to sell to push prices lower. But at the same time, you have buyers coming in at a price. So I think that is the psychological part of it. And then when price comes back down to this level of course we can see like very strong break below but often when it comes to this level right if you have people who are selling the stocks or your currencies right they want to close out their profits at this specific level so then that will help to push prices higher so so i think it's a mix of both like sellers you know being afraid to miss out at the same time also like sellers taking profit at a key level and buyers not uh, willing to miss out yeah how do i then know what is a key level a key level Mm, let's say right if uh, just load like a random chart you look at it at one glance this key level will be something that can very nicely divide the chart very cleanly across so if you put this specific line across you can see that sometimes you know it kind of segment the chart very nicely like maybe like a top half bottom bottom half kind of thing so if let's say if prices are going in a zigzag form right there might be this level that when price comes to this area it just keeps bouncing or reacting off it before it continues in the other direction, let's say. Okay, okay. We we, we, we need to learn more, right? As we go along, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss more about this. <laughs> but I think the, the, the discussion in the space today, right, is the yen, right? So with all this, like, crazy movement in the yen, <laughs> what is what is happening, right? That's the... <laughs> It's crazy. It's it's making all the news cycle. Everybody say the yen is the is the end already, right? But what is going on, you know, with the Japanese yen today? Right now, the yen is at about its twenty four years low, and if you look at like the past three months alone, I think it's appreciated like more than ten percent against the dollar already. So I think a big part of what's driving the yen's weakness today, right? One, it's the monetary policy divergence between your Bank of Japan as well as your major central banks. So when I talk about monetary policy divergence, right, simply put, it's just your Bank of Japan and other major central banks, they're headed in different directions. So if you look at Mm. the Japanese yen alone, it's not just weakness against the dollar. We're also um, seeing the weakness against other major currencies as well. Like, for example, your euro, your pound. And even like close to home, I guess, would be our sing dollar. So mm. a big part of what causes this is actually, uh, we probably guessed it, inflation. Yeah. So for example, like in the US, like inflation level is at a 40 years high right now. So it stands at 8.6%, which just means that prices are rising like 8.6% from a year earlier. This is not only in the US, right? We are also seeing it record high inflation across other regions like UK, New Zealand, Australia, Europe, all these uh, areas. So 
what the central banks are doing basically in trying to slow down this rapid rise in price is that they are trying to raise interest rates, which just means that it's more expensive for people to borrow money. So that's for, for um, basically what's happening in the other, other countries. But if you look at Japan, right, inflation is relatively muted compared to what we saw um, earlier. Right, so in if you look at it in April, their Japan bench, has been going on a multi-decade deflation. Exactly, right? yeah. Japan has been going yeah. on quite a deflation right for a long time. There's no activity in Japan, right? Is that is that the way to look yes. at it? Yes, I think mm. it's also part of it. it's also a mindset, like the mindset that you know if they raise prices, then they might lose their clients. So I think that mm. also impacts, yeah, the the whole mm. deflation that's going on in Japan. Yeah, so because of that, mm-hmm. the central banks don't really have much pressure or reasons to raise interest rates as aggressively as like, for example, your Fed, your ECB, and yeah, basically other major central banks. Yeah, so because of this, right, you are seeing like the widening uh, interest rate gap happening. And then because of this, then, you know, this causes the demand for the yen to be like the yen to be less attractive, basically, which is why uh, part of the reason why the yen is weakening so much. Okay, so you, you so let, let me just get a bit of clarity. It's because in Japan they don't have inflation, so BOP BOP BOJ Bank of Japan is not raising interest rates. Right? Are they are they reducing yeah. interest rates or like ultra loose like monetary policy? Okay. Basically, they are providing support for the economy. Okay, so basically they are not trying to tighten, and they are just gonna let interest rates stay the same. And because of that, a lot of people that hold currencies they don't want to put it in this currency because it's not paying as much as the other currencies now, and exactly. so everybody's shifting money elsewhere. Is that is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. So is this the sole determinant of how currencies move? Is it is it just like a, that? It's a big factor of it, like the whole uh monetary okay. policy, like central banks, interest rates, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and then okay, uh, okay. another part of it would probably be, let's say, like the economy itself. Depending on, like, for example, like Japan, they are a um, export-dependent economy, right? So the nature of the economy is heavily reliant on exports. So a weakening yen would be good for them because it helps to boost exports. But then at the same time, we also have to consider that they do import raw materials, right to for the goods and when your yen weakens it becomes expensive for the uh, people in japan to import these goods and then also considering like commodities are rising as well so you know the picture is slightly blur over here in terms of how like a weak yen can help to boost exports but maybe not so much Mm. for imports because they're also bearing that cost yeah Mm-hmm. And and I I'm quite sure a lot of our listeners when they listen to this and be like then why should I care about the yen? Like how, how does it how does it affect me? You know like like J- Japanese yen honestly hasn't been making the limelight until recently, right? So exactly. like why, why, so nobody cares about it for the longest time. So why should we then care about it now? Right? Is, does the currency still matter in in the global order? You know. Yeah. So like, let's say in, in, in general, like in the global order, it still matters. It's still one of the major currencies. And also it's one that's very sensitive to risk. So in general, traditionally, uh, the yen mm. is seen as a safe haven. So it has the status similar to like your dollar, your gold. So basically in times of uncertainty, when you have a lot of fear in the markets, right, this, uh, the yen, the dollar, your gold tends to do better as compared to like the rest of the currencies. So take, for example, like your 2008 great financial crisis or even like the US-China trade war or during the pandemic in 2020, yen actually strengthened. Mm. Mm, in terms of why it matters to us, 
like if you know you're not in the financial space or you're not trading uh, Japanese yen then I think closer to home like let's say for business owners maybe like if you have a lot of exposure to like the Japanese yen a lot of holdings in Japanese yen then they might want to consider hedging their exposure as well given how yen is weakening and also I think mm. the biggest one probably for all of us would be like traveling because now Japan opened its borders <laughs> so <Yay. laughs> so autumn, good autumn. news autumn. Japan is great for Japan. autumn just saying exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so going to, you know, going to Japan, it, it makes it cheaper for us uh, in Sing dollars mm. right now. So like if you look at like just overall, like maybe past, I think a past year back, right? If you have the same 1,000 Sing dollars, we can exchange for maybe like 85,000 yen. But then right now, 1,000 Sing can give us like 98,000 yen. So we're looking at like a 16% increase. Wow. Yeah, so I think it's good news for us as well. Yeah. Okay, okay. We, we, we need to look for Traveloka or something to sponsor us, right? <laughs> and we can talk talk more about the year. <laughs> but but you, you talk about hedging, right? And a lot of people talk about hedging. But how do I then hedge, right? Give us some clarity because I think, you know, different people look at hedging in a different way. So I just want to hear from you, like, wh- what does it mean to hedge? And, you know, what are some strategies that people do to hedge against the yen? Okay, I'll talk about it in terms of like the FX spot market. So let's say, for example, right, the the simple idea of hedging is just that if you have a position in the yen, so let's say maybe like, you know, we are long dollar sing, so we buy dollar sing. So which means that we expect the sing dollar to strengthen against the yen. Which we all are, by the way, which we all are. (laughs) All of you listening in, you are all long dollar because you are making the sing dollar. Okay, so you better hope that the sing dollar is a long situation. Okay, let's continue. continue. Yeah, sing yen, Mm -hmm. sing yen. Yeah, so so in such, like the, the, the simply put, right, for hedging, right, it's just basically protecting the current position that you have. So maybe like if you're long, then you want to consider taking like, you know, at a key level. Uh, and so taking the opposite direction, basically. Mm. Okay, okay. So so yeah. that, that would mean to sell against a currency? Yeah. So yeah, to sell. Uh, not necessarily sell. So it depends on your position. So if we're long, then yeah, it will be selling. But it fits, you know, if you're short, then you want to consider uh, buying maybe when price reach a certain level. So okay. one way to look at it is that, you know, is to protect your current exposure. The other way is that maybe your price reaches a key level instead of closing out the trade, like taking profit, you want to uh, buy at that level instead. So yeah, in a way, you're hedging the previous position. Okay, okay. So that that is definitely a, a much more complicated discussion. All sorts of strategies that people play in the game. We, we could have you back, right? To, talk about that again but um (laughs) but i think a lot of people also want to know is like is the currency market actually a free market right like who participates in the currency market right it is it cannot be retail people you know that wants to go japan shopping you know want to buy online taobao that 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 participate in the in the currency market who is inside who are the major actors and how should i look at this whole currency market I think to some extent, the currency market is still a free market. Of course, we are a small part of it, right? The retail traders, our um, going to arcade mm. to exchange money, things like that. But also the big institutions as well. I think they're no, the we ones got arcade already, uh, la, anyway. I'm <laughs> 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 uh, yes, too old school already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too old school. Yeah. Maybe queue at arcade already, guys. Move on. But yes, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> continue, continue. <laughs> Yeah, but just, uh, oh yeah, so yeah, uh, institutions as well. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Of course, like with the kind of buying and selling that they're doing, it'll definitely move market at a much... It won't move market compared to, you know, what I guess the retail traders are doing. Mm. Yeah, but I say I would say to a huge extent, it's still a decentralized market. Um, it's also affected really? by your central bank monetary policies. Yeah. Mm, mm. So like what we discussed earlier, like let's say if, you know, it's Fed or your... Yeah, if Fed's more hawkish, then it helps to boost the dollar. And then for yen, right, the Bank of Japan, if one day they decided that, you know, it's time to raise rates, then... Yeah, that will be that'll be another story altogether. Yeah, yeah. Can can you expand a little bit on that? Because I always hear this uh, idea where the central bank actually has a strategy, right? They have a determinant strategy of whether do they want to raise rates or reduce rates, and whether do they want to have a stronger currency strategy or they want to weaken their currency. I'm I'm sure a lot of us heard this hear this thing quite frequently, right? Like, oh, this country is trying to strengthen their currency. This country is manipulating, whatever. Lah. So it, it just yeah. sounds like the central bank actually has a lot of power to play in this game in trying to manage their currency uh, fluctuations. So, so how does that actually work, right? How active are, let's say we do on yen, right? How, how active is the Japanese uh, central bank in the yen market? Yeah, how much are they playing around in this space? So interestingly, if you talk about the yen specifically, the Bank of Japan is not, uh, their mandate is not so much on the currency, like the currency mm. fluctuation itself. It's more on in, mm. uh, inflation, prices. For that, I think that's not their main focus. But mm. of course, the you know, when yen weakens too much, then that's uh, like, I think yesterday we saw that the government actually announced or, you know, voiced out and hoped that Bank of Japan does something about it to stop the yen's weakness. Mm. Yeah, so in general, if uh, depending on the export of, I mean, the nature of the economy, if it's more like export reliant, which means that, you know, they export a lot of, a lot of goods to support the economic's growth, then in such case, it would be helpful to have a weaker uh, currency because then, you know, it helps to boost their export competitiveness. But of course, along with that also depends on, you know, how much they are importing because with your weaker currency, yes, your price of goods is actually cheaper. Like let's say if, you know, we want to buy like um, something in Japanese yen, it's cheaper in Singapore right now. But at the same time, like for the Japanese yen, you know, people who are importing like the raw materials, stuff like that, it'll be more expensive because their currency is weaker. So there is no clear mm. line between, it's not like, you know, at a specific level, then yeah, it's going to benefit the country more and things like that. So there's, it's always, uh, it's blur, I would say, the line. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. And what about the, the Singapore government? Does MAS have a mandate to try to control the currency fluctuation? Or do we have a currency strategy? Like, where are we on this? That I am, to be really frank, I'm not sure. Uh, they have different uh, groups mm, mm, doing mm. it, but yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think I want to push the question. Like people talk about how China has a controlled currency market, right? Like it is, it controls the currency market. Uh, I don't know how much you know about the RMB because I know you study G7 primarily. Yeah. Um, but do how does it work when it says like, oh, the Chinese government doesn't have a free-floating currency market, like it controls the currency market? How, how, how does that actually work in practice? 
Okay, so I, I don't know how it actually works, but if I had to make a guess, mm-hmm. I think it's probably depending on how, okay, let's say in, in the, I guess in the context of Japan, then it will be like, if they want to boost up the yen, it will be just basically taking the reserves that they have in dollar, selling this dollar, and then after that, using it to buy up the yen. Of course, this is a very simple way to put it because, you know, for that currency intervention to happen, we also need like approval or not approval, but like a general consensus from the other major economies as well. So it's not like they can just execute Really? You need consensus from other economies? Yeah. The the last time they actually did it was like during the 1998 Asian financial crisis. The last time they actually intervened to stem the Japanese yen's weakness. So is this unique to the yen? Is no, this... I think in general they mm. try to stay away from you know manipulating the okay. the currency. Okay, okay. So so that is a consensus amongst global economies, the central yeah. banks. They they, they have try, this consensus. Yeah, they okay. try not to. They try not to unless they are like Erdogan, like, right? Like Turkish lira's or the free yeah. fall, right? We we can talk about that. <laughs> we can talk about that another time, All right? Because they, they yeah. if you look at the 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 reserves in Turkey, they they have no reserves. They essentially borrow reserves to try to support their currency, so they don't have firepower to support their currency. Okay, but but yeah. that's a discussion for another day. Um, but yeah. but on on the back on the Japanese, yeah, yeah. I actually wanted to say mm. that like yeah, even like for the the yen as well, because of the limited reserves, like you say, so. They, they can stop it but there's a limit to how much they can stop the weakness right because of the reserves that they have how how weak is the central bank how limited are the reserves I mean just give us some colour that is a really it. good like, question is it no, nobody I, I, nobody knows is, is that the situation like nobody really knows how much reserves everybody has or yeah I don't think they are able to review that either that or maybe um, they have that on the balance sheet okay okay fair fair interesting interesting so then you, you're saying like the Japanese government has prompt the Bank of Japan to come in to try to do something about it. And I think I also heard that the Chinese government is is saying that they want to participate in this, uh, trying to scoop up some yen, right? So, which uh, for all of you listening that you don't know, actually, China, Japan, Korea has signed a direct currency pact, right? Where they can trade each other's currency. They no longer need to use the dollar, right? So, what is the situation here? Is, this, uh, is China going to come in and scoop up the yen based on what you know? Or what is the strategy? And does that mean that the yen is going to rise back again what is your sensing on this situation i would say that if china does come in to scoop up the yen it definitely helps to support the yen's uh the the currency right and then i think also Mm. to some extent like it helps because china is also a huge exporter even though their domestic economy is also strong yeah and then like for japan as well so if the currency gets too weak then it erodes the other competitors like competitiveness for exports also. So definitely mm-hmm. if China comes in, you know, it can help to boost the currency. Mm. So so there's no given that the yen would come back up. Is that the situation I'm hearing from you? I think uh, for now, uh, especially let's say against the dollar, I think it's probably going to weaken further, especially after, you know, Fed just kind of reiterated this hawkish stance that they have. So I think as long as we see that inflation continues to climb in the US and also like, you know, there is, it doesn't show any signs of peaking and Fed is still hawkish, then likely that, you know, moving ahead, we're still seeing the weakness in the yen. I want to ask a little bit deeper about the against, right? So it's like, there's always a US dollar slash yen, euro slash yen, pound slash yen or something like that, right? So why don't all these things move in tandem? Like why why are they separated and how how should I look at it? Like why why is why can there be a situation where the yen and the dollar they the yen dips 
against the dollar, but maybe rise against another currency. How how, how does that work? Yeah, so in general, let's say the yen and uh, it depends on like the category. So like the yen, the dollar, they're seen as more um safe haven currencies. So they tend to appreciate in bad times. Or like, you know, when people are uncertain, then that's when demand for them, ten- it, it tends to flow there. Whereas like if you talk about like your Aussie, your uh, Kiwi, your Canadian dollar, those, because uh, Australia and Canada, they're very huge exporters of commodities. So when price of commodities rise, they tend to follow through with it. But at the same time, like if the market risk sentiment is bad, then these currencies tend to suffer. So if you think of it in terms of like a really extreme or risk-off market sentiment where, you know, investors, you're seeing a sell of uh, equities market, your cryptocurrency markets, right? The more risky assets, then people tend to move away from this uh uh, commodity currencies and shift towards like this uh, safer safe haven currency so that's when you know it tends to uh, buoy demand for the safe haven currencies but of course mm-hmm. this time is slightly more unique even though we do see like this whole Russia Ukraine crisis going on but I think the main difference is really the interest rates differential between like if you look at like dollar and yen for example right it will be against the, uh, the Fed and the Bank of Japan and then also another thing is that Japan, it's a huge importer of major um, energy. So like they're major importers of energy. So when your energy prices start rising so fast, right, then they would be at, I guess, uh, mercy of it as well. Yeah, so for that, right, mm-hmm. they might suffer like negative trade shock. So that's also part of the reason why like this time we're seeing, you know, slightly different in terms of how the yen and dollar uh, moving mm, okay okay interesting and don't need everything also blame russian ukraine war right <laughs> Every, everything yeah, the russian ukraine war i don't know why i don't know how is this linked over okay but 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 i, I get the whole oil oil thing uh maybe yeah. maybe we can take this opportunity to talk a little bit about safe haven i think as a concept it is not very um, expanded in discussion. A lot of people just say, oh, it's a safe haven also when, when things are not good. You know, people just move money there. But why Why is the dollar, why is gold, why is the yen, you know, maybe even the euro, you know, why, why are these places safe haven? Uh, is the euro even a safe haven? Uh, can help us understand a little I- bit. Think, I think not so much for the euro, especially like, okay, okay. not trying to blame the Russian-Ukraine war, but like, you know, Europe is also bearing <laughs> uh, a brunt of that. <laughs> yeah, so... It's true, exactly. Yeah, and that's the part like, that people don't talk about. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so euro ahead, itself. Ahead, yeah. And a big part of it is also the political stability, right? So like if, you know, there is a lot of like political instability, like in the region or even near there, then the currency is going to be affected as well. Because if you think of it from like an investor's perspective, you know, why would I want to hold a currency that has so much uncertainty going on? I would rather move it to somewhere else that offers me maybe like higher returns on my money, which is your interest rates, or even one that's more politically stable. And US in general is like one Mm. of the most heavily traded currencies. Like when people do transactions, you know, it involves the US dollar, which is probably the reason why like uh, there is always demand for it. So in that case, you know, when during uncertain times, then people tend to move towards these currencies, like or, or cash in general. And then gold mm. itself, it's uh, gold itself, it's seen as a, a hedge against inflation. So like the the mm. price of gold. So like when interest rates are high, because gold itself they don't offer any returns. Like if you hold the gold, right, then you know you're not gonna yeah, get. I cannot eat, right? I gold, guess. Right? <laughs> yes. And that too. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, you're not going to get returns on that. So, you know, when, yeah. So, when there is like, uh, the, uh, when an inflation is high, 
and when central banks start to raise interest rates, then, you know, there might be other, I guess, other instruments that are more attractive. So would, yeah. would, would you say on, on, the, on the discussion of gold as a safe haven, it is more of a consensus kind of thing? Like, because everybody agree that gold you know, is, is a value, so we just hold gold, right? Because it, it was a, it's a legacy thing. Is it based on consensus uh, in your view? I think much of it, yes, because of how mm. um, people perceive the idea mm. you know, of gold being like a safe yeah. haven and also a hedge against inflation. Mm-hmm. But gold... Mm-hmm might be slightly tricky in the sense that because gold is dollar denominated, so, you know, part of the movement will be dependent on the dollar's performance or so. So let's say if, you know, dollar is extremely strong, then in foreign currencies, right, gold might be expensive. Are all so, gold dollar denominated? I would say, I think so. Yeah. Fair, fair, fair. So, so then the, the natural, you know, trajectory will then be, so is Bitcoin going to be a, a safe haven? You know, that's what everybody talks about, right? So. At least, it, yeah, at, at least in the yeah, yeah, for a period of time. <laughs> Until last week, is it? Until last week. <laughs> and then you decide yeah, it's, yeah. it's a risky asset. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> tell tell, tell yeah. me, where, where where is your position now on, on this? How have you developed your thought process around Bitcoin? Whether is this a safe haven? Is it a digital goal, like what people say? Yeah, I think uh, back uh, maybe like when it was on a really strong rally, especially with this whole like inflation going on <laughs> with all the other countries, you know, for, for a period of time, yeah, I thought that, you know, that, that could be it as well. It could be like a, like you said, a digital, uh, yeah, a digital asset like hedge against inflation or digital go as you call it. Yeah, but I think right now, Bitcoin, like, you know, equities, it's, it's also seen as like more risky assets. So when people are extremely uncertain, they tend to flock to cash. I guess holding cash, it's for them safer right now. So, yeah, so I guess because of this, you know, all these currencies are suffering. The uh, cryptocurrencies are suffering as well. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair. But there will always yeah. be people that hold the back, like, all you diamond hands, huh? shout out to all of you. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm not dissing you. I, I just feel like, you know, there, there's still a lot more to develop. But yeah. I think the Bitcoin discussion can can be expanded, right, in, in down the road. But in closing, right, I think the idea here is Japan is facing this situation and for a lot of us that, you know, may not be concerned about Japan for the longest time ever, you know, now the news is covering all this, right? So in your professional view, do you see any opportunities here with the yen or is there something that we should, you know, look further into? Is there a long-term value in holding yen or or something, right? Tell me whatever you can say <laughs> in your professional view. Yeah, hashtag this is not financial okay. advice. I know everybody wants to say that, but yes, please go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is not financial advice, guys. Yeah, but I would say that a food for thought maybe like would yes, be that yes, of course you know the currencies. Uh, I mean, governments try not to intervene with the currency market, but you know there is also this other, other part PBOC where for, <laughs> yeah, like for uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. like for for governments and uh, I mean for governments right, like especially with your Japanese yen right, if the yen weakens too much then the people are going to start feeling the rising cost of living, the pressure, you know, the squeeze in living standards. Yes. And because of all this, the mm. government might be under political pressure to stem that weakness. As to how much of mm. it they're going to do it, that one, uh, we wouldn't know. But yeah, just in general, that would be something uh, to keep a lookout for. And they would say, you know, in general, people try not to intervene with it. But it, when, you know, push comes to shove, you know, there might be a need for them to step in. Yeah, so for mm, that, we mm. won't be able to say like at us, you know, at which specific level. Yeah, but that, that's the general idea. 
Yeah, so mm-hmm. yeah, I would say that if yen continues to weaken and we are seeing like this rapid outflow in like the region, then you know that might be time where they have to you know step in and do something about it. Is there then fundamental strength and value in the yen, right? Or or if 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 given the market, that means letting the market play out laissez faire, right? Just let the market do its thing. It's just gonna keep going down, going down, going down. Is is that what I'm hearing? And th- does it mean that we have to observe some sort of government intervention? Uh, before the yen can stabilize and come back up? Is that what I'm hearing? Or, or you know, given the market, let it do itself, the yen will bounce back on its own. Yeah, I think uh, possibly government intervention. The other way would be when the, maybe like, let's say, for example, if I compare like in US, right, maybe it shows that inflation is speaking or you have like less aggressive uh, central banks. Then in that case, right, then there's this gap that would narrow between like your Bank of Japan and other central banks. Then yeah, that would be part of the reason why, you know, the weakness in yen wouldn't be that extreme. So that that's something on as well. So apart from just like, you know, possible government interventions, mm. another one would be, uh, yeah, just inflation data. L- last question on this. Right? How, how closely is the yen related to US dollar and why is it always seen side by side? I think yen in general, uh, because of the safe haven status, it tends to move in tandem with US dollar. But right now, of course, things are slightly different because of this interest rates differentials and also because, you know, yen itself, it's heavily reliant on uh, energy. Whereas like, you know, US, they have, they produce their own oil as well. So that's the major difference. Yeah. And so part of the reason why like they tend to move in opposite direction this time. Yeah, I think I think that was that was my my main question. Like like why okay. why are they always seen together side by side, you know? And yeah, I mean if yen is a safe haven, why why the other currencies are not safe havens, right? Which which you we kind of already answered. Okay, cool. Yeah. In in closing, other than recommending that everybody start to travel to Japan, you know, for holiday, <laughs> is there any <laughs> is there any other things that you want to add uh, specific on this topic or in the broader forex market I would say will be interesting because uh, we, we don't really talk as much about it uh, I think a lot of our listeners may be concerned because it looks like currency markets are going through a lot of stuff so yeah what what, what should we know any any closing things that we should recognize in the broader currency markets I think maybe in general uh, a big one that everyone's watching out for it would be inflation data so you know if inflation data it's coming off too high then you know it pressures the central banks to raise rates not just for the Fed but like across uh, other uh, countries as well so then that would uh, put like upward pressure on the currency so yeah so something to watch for would be that and also of course like the the central banks movements and then you know like their stance whether they are more hawkish or dovish in general if you know there are prospects of higher interest rates they're more hawkish then it tends to push the currency higher but then if they're more dovish then you know it'll put pressure for the currency okay great thank you thanks for coming on the show yeah i hope to hear from you more thank again you. i think we have a lot of other things in currency that we can discuss okay yeah, thank you thank take you care bye yeah have fun thank in you. japan bye bye thanks <laughs> <laughs> Hey Coconuts, I hope you learned something useful today and truly appreciate that you took time out to better your life with the Financial Coconut. Knowledge is that much more powerful and interesting when shared, debated and discussed. Join our community telegram group, follow us on our social, sign up for our weekly newsletter. Everything is in the description below. And if you love us and will help us grow, definitely share the podcast with your friends and on your socials. Subscribe and leave us a review on your favourite podcast platform. 
like, share, subscribe, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> also, if you have something interesting that you want us to go through or someone interesting that you want us to interview, reach out to us at hello at thefinancialcoconut.com. With that, have a great day ahead. Stay tuned next week. And always remember, personal finance can be chill, clear and sustainable for all. 